I want to thank everybody for the prayers and for the encouraging words. And as my brother, Brother Ronnie, has said, um, we've received calls from the East Coast and just so many people. And so we just thank you for your outpouring of love and support. You know, I got my times I'm doing fine, and times I, do, I you know, <laughs> just hit you. I'm going to give some information. Friday, this Friday from 5 to 8, they're going to have a quiet hour here for my dad. 5 to 8, the body will be here. We're going to be working on the program today. But 11 o'clock on Saturday, right across um, the street, 11 a.m. will be the service. And then right after will be the repast. I'm assuming that's the wreck. I don't know what the details are regarding that. So someone could, I'm going to ask someone from here. Um, to please make sure the record is available on Saturday. Can someone take on that responsibility? Leticia, thank you. If you can do that tomorrow and make whatever needs to happen, arrangements and all, please just do that. On Tuesday, we're going to have a burial at 1130 at Tamil um up in San Rafael. The Tamil Pies Cemetery will be the, the burial on that day. It, okay, 27. Yeah, my time is all messed up. Yeah, it'll be, 20, it'll be, it'll be the 28th. Because it'll be the day after Labor Day, M Memorial Day. Like I said, I'm all messed up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Today, what I'm going to do is read a passage. And next week, what I did on the radio station, I did a tribute to my dad. And I don't know. Um, I don't know. I may be in, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not going to be in the office this week. But go in maybe just to send out the, the message. But I did a tribute. I did it on <sighs> Thursday night. So Wednesday, I met with the body here, Thursday, for the radio. I wanted to do something special. And so I did a tribute on those days, remembering my dad's life. And so it's short. Just, it's within the two minutes, but it's just kind of words. And I took it from this passage where the Lord shared with him before he died. And he said, his master replied in Matthew 25, 21, well done good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That was, I'm going to probably ask if maybe Cheryl can probably, because it's going to be kind of a hard time today. If, if maybe someone can help with the baby, maybe I'm not sure who can help today. Today what I'm going to do I'm going to give the congregation two to three minutes while it's recording to come up and to eulogize or to say something that you would like to say. The word eulogy comes from the Greek. It means to say, so, say something good. But today what I wanted to do, we did it in Sunday school, I want to give people the opportunity just to come up and say what's on their heart. I'm limiting you to two to three minutes. <laughs> I will cut you off, okay? <laughs> well, we're going to do that today is to have people come up. It's please speak into the mic because portions of it we're going to be putting on the website. But today I want to give you the opportunity to come up and say some things. God bless you. The scripture says that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And there's, if there's anything about Pastor Fred Small, he helped set me free. He was a man who, like Sister Carolyn said, wanted us to use our gifts. 
and he really encouraged people to use their gifts. And to me, that's the most special thing in the world because there's a lot of places I go where I'm not encouraged. I'm told, sit down and just shut up. Let someone else talk. Pastor Fred was not like that at all. He wanted us to be free in Christ just the way he was free. And he was so faithful over so long a period of time. He showed me a thing or two about faithfulness I don't think I'd ever seen before. I don't think I have known anyone as faithful for as long as Pastor Fred or as consistently. And uh, he, he always treated me with an upbeat, cheerful voice. And uh, his attitude was just the same all the time. And um, I'll never forget a little saying that was the most common sense saying I've ever heard. He said, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. And you know something? I can do that. <laughs> I can actually do that. Uh, and I, I just appreciate that so much. I was just thinking, uh, I think it was earlier in the day, before I got the news of pastors uh, passing uh, that very saying. And he also taught me something about love. And um, I, it's hard to put into words, but a man who is as consistent to be kind as Pastor Fred was kind to me. Uh, over a period of two years, I, I knew him up at Suzanne's dance studio where he was starting a church in Petaluma. And uh, he was just always kind and always friendly and always encouraging. And again, for me, one of the many themes of Pastor Fred's life was freedom. And how about being free to love others? Uh, I think he taught me, he taught all of us something about freedom to love your neighbor, to love your brother and sister in Christ no matter no matter what. And I'll just always be thankful that I got to know Pastor Fred Small. Uh, I've been thinking there will never be another Pastor Fred Small. So we were all very blessed and very fortunate to know him as long as you all are so much more fortunate than I am because you knew him so much longer than I did. I've only known him for a couple of years. So I kind of envy all the rest of you. You've known him for well, as many years as each one of you have known him, and it's a lot more than I did. But I'm so thankful to God that I knew him as long as I did. And God bless you. Good morning, church. You know, I think that, uh, I think all of us shared a very special intimate relationship with Pastor Small because when he spoke to us we all felt like for a moment it was just him and I so it can if there's 50 people in there there's 50 different relationships because that's the way I felt when I spoke when, when I spoke with him like nothing else mattered it's just him and I talking right now and part of that is uh, his gifts most people would sort of kind of look elsewhere uh, for role models in terms of how a person walks in God by the gifts he receives, how he's blessed. We didn't have to look anywhere. It was all through his family. It was all through him. And uh, I guess that's what you get when you walk with God. Maybe that's why I don't have it. But anyway, <laughs> that was a joke. 
You got to keep the light sometimes. Uh, you know, um, Pastor Small is one of his strongest gifts. And I, and I really believe that. That his vernacular allowed him to talk to us common folk as well as walk with kings and presidents. He had that gift. He could have walked with anything. You know, and made it feel special. So, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say that uh, even in his sickness, I found it hard to believe that he was that ill. It's like any moment now, I think he's going to walk through here. And it's I know his job is done, but it's just in my head. It's like I'm still catching up with the reality of Reverend Small. What's going on? He's probably shaking hands with Brother Lee and all, all the folks that I, I just say one person. I, I can speak from now on, but I, Brother Lee come to mind because I see that silver plaque on the on the side there, and uh, all the people who've gone before him. He's in the, he's in a good place, and I'm gonna keep it short. We all loved him, and we all miss him. And this is the first so-called normal day since he passed, it's Sunday. And his brilliant son probably figured that out because that's why we're doing this. I've known Pastor a lot of years and, and uh, from what uh, from what the young the guy back here was speaking on. Uh, we've known him a long, a lot of years. And I know I have. I spent most of my years ducking from him and uh, down, I spent a lot of time gambling and drinking. Okay. And I, I spent a lot of time drinking, gambling, and doing a lot of wrong things. But I came to church at, at a young age still, though, and I quit my drinking and gambling at a young age, too. So when I decided I'm going to church, I, uh, I was working at the time. I had a real good job. I was working when I was, even when I was gambling and drinking. But uh, I brought five young men here with me when I came. I came in overalls, my work clothes, because I didn't want them to feel uh, shamed that I was all dressed up and they weren't. So we all sat on the back row. The Wallace brothers, and most people in here know them. I brought them here, and I had uh, Eugene Smith and Alan Talley with me. And uh, by me being with them and coming the way I was, then they felt a lot better about doing it. But Pastor, he told me something from up here while I was sitting in the back. If you have something that God has given you and you don't use it, you will lose it. And, and he knew deep in that I, I like to sing. And uh, I know he was talking directly at me when he was saying that. And I left and went home and thought about it and thought about it. And that's when I started bringing the, the kids, but I wanted to come too. But uh, he woke me up big time that uh, it's time for a change. And I changed and I've been moving Moving on up. And I want to thank him for it. I want to say, I well, Pastor's been knowing me ever since I was born. And my family has always been a part of this congregation, from Robert and Alice to Fanny and Jesse to Cousin Essie and a lot more. And um, at the time, my grandfather also was a minister at the same time, and my small was. So I was put 
into the city. That's my grandfather. But I used to say, Lord, you know, I want to spend some time with Reverend Small. I always visit Reverend Small's church. I said, what is going on up there? Everybody like it? You ain't got to put on your best. Just got to look clean. I said, I want to go there, right? And I said, I see Pastor, he be on the front. But he preaching. And he ain't changing. Ain't nothing changing him. And he's, not, he's down there trying to give him the word of God. And I was so amazed because he's the only pastor I saw amongst the people. He wasn't in the church just staying in here, waiting on you to come. He was out there. And I said, God, that's going to remind me of Jesus when he said with the sinners and the, and the gangsters and everybody else. But he never forgot why he was there. He was there to save souls. And I said, Lord, you've got to give me some time. And he said, well, Bridget, you went to first missionary because your grandma said. He said, and you went to Bethsaida because your mama said that's where you was going. I said, yeah. He said, well, now you're big enough. Where you want to go? I said, you know, I'm going to go sit up there Reverend Small in that congregation. It's my turn. He said, bless be the Lord. Go. And I thank him because even though it was time, I didn't know it was time for Reverend Small to end, but I feel like he was always my pastor. He's the pastor of Moran City. If you needed something, he was there. You run up to pastor, hey, he always had a word for you. Even when I was in trouble and I was outside, he would stop and say, you know better. You know better. And when I came to church, and I said, I assumed that the Lord was angry, and he wasn't going to take me back no more. And he always tell you the truth. He said, don't go around assuming things. I said, you know what, Pastor Small, let me sit down because you're right. Let me get on my knees and know that the Lord loves you. No matter how low I go, no matter how many times I came and sat down, don't ever assume God don't want you. And hallelujah, look at me now. And I say, Pastor, you ain't got to worry. My, my foot ain't going to slip. I am solid, and you will see me at the gate. And another thing you used to always say, you only got two places to go. You going to go up or you going to go down? Which one will you choose? Hallelujah, I'm going up. I'll see you when I get there. Thank you, Bridget. I'm already nervous. <laughs> um, I don't know why I get nervous when I get in front of a group, but uh, she pretty much said <laughs> What I was going to say, um, I remember being a little girl, and uh, as she said, Pastor Small was at the front Hayden's, you know, with the people that was gambling. I used to tell my friends, why Pastor Small down there sitting with them, and, you know, he a pastor. But um, it wasn't until I got older that I realized that he was basically reaching out, saving souls, you know. And um, we all had our... On, like you said, on special part of uh, Pastor Small, you know, um, we really lost a great king. And um, he was a man of great honor and integrity. You know, he was like a father to all of us. And I was just telling somebody, like, when Pastor Small preached a sermon, he really knew that person. He really took the time out to know everybody in this community. He wasn't just up there preaching and saying, so if he cracked a joke, he had every right because he knew that person and um i don't know and i used to another thing i didn't understand my dad used to be drunk as a skunk and i'm being honest and pay being in the car with pastor small i'm like why pastor small riding around with my dad like you know (laughs) what is he doing with my dad but i realized that he was letting my daddy know no matter what you got somebody that's always in your corner, even though that you've given up on yourself and your family may have given up on you, I'm never going to give up on you. And he was just that type of man for all of us, for all of us. And we suffered a 
a great loss, and I, I love him. Many times I sh- stuff I share with him, things he shared with me, and I will always keep that close to my heart. And as a little girl, he baptized me here, and I was saying, you know, as a little girl, I got baptized, and I know you said something else. I just have to figure it out. As a little girl, I got baptized, but I wanted, as a woman, I wanted Pastor Small to baptize me, but I just never would stand up and say that to him. Or every after church, I would, you know, talk to him, give him hugs, but I never got a chance to tell him that I was I was ready, you know. And um, he was a person that I just thought that was going to always be around, not always, but at least the next 10 years. And Brother, well, Pastor Marcus, I'm just calling him Brother Marcus. Pastor Ronnie, you guys got big shoes to fill, but there's no doubt in my mind that you guys can do it. I just love you guys, and I just thank you. And Brother June, wherever you at, thank you for reintroducing me to this church, because this is my church home. I never felt comfortable. Every time I went to church, I sit in the back. I always sit in the front because I feel good. You know, after church, people say, stay after church, fellowship. And this is the honesty, God, truth, and I'm in the Lord's house. Any other church, boom, I'm going to my car. But now I fellowship, I hug, I feel like I'm at home. And I'm going to do whatever I can to be a part. Whatever you need me to do, I'm ready. I like her. I surrender. I know everybody in here felt like they was his favorite, but I was his favorite. <laughs> um. Pastor Small actually gave me a key to the church one day. You know, I think back like 31 years ago, my brother died, and he came up there, and and the love he gave all of us, our family at the time that we really needed, he was there for us. And then when my father died, he came up there, and he said, he's already gone. We all need to just pray and let him go. So we all prayed that he was gone a couple hours later. And, Lord, I just thank him for that. And um, when my father's funeral, we was planning the funeral, he said, we are having the funeral at my church, even if we got to knock down the walls and open up all the doors. And that's where my father, this is where my father's funeral was, because he helped do Pastor Small a lot of work there, uh, around his church. So Pastor Small has been in my life forever. And, Lord, I'm so blessed to just, oh, Lord, I just, oh, I can't even talk. But um, when he saw me out the streets, I say, that go past the small, maybe I should duck. <laughs> but he said, I see you. I see you over there. When you coming back, I see you. I see you. I see you. You know, and then I think about when I went to see him the Monday before he passed, and he had a big smile on his face. Child, come on in here. And then he talked about how proud he was that God gave him such a blessed son. You know, he told me, he sat there, and he listened to things you say and just can't believe the things coming out your mouth. Oh, and then when I got ready to go, the last word I said to him, Pastor, I love you. And, and, and that smile on his face, that's what I want to keep in my mind and just remember him by that smile and me saying, Pastor, I love you when I walked out the door. Good morning, church. Uh, I don't know how to say that, but uh, to all of you, I will, uh, so I wish you condolences. And uh, something is really hurts me. Uh, I went to see uh, Pastor Small on on Monday night, and um, after I finished to eat, you know, so dinner, I was with my wife and my son. We we eat together, and sometimes, sometimes I uh, I eat fast, and uh, I have tendency to finish early. And I said to my wife, you know what? I cannot let it to today without go see 
Pastor Small in the hospital. So, excuse me in the table, I'm taking off. And so I took off, and uh, then I went to see him. When I went there, and uh, his wife was, was there, and we talked for a little bit. And after that, she, uh, she said, you know what, guys, I'm going to let you talk for, uh, I'm going to let you talk by yourself. Uh, so I'm going to make a phone call. And, you know, she stepped out. And uh, Pastor Small and I, we, we talked, and, um, and I told her, thank you for everything, you know, uh, she has been done for me. Because I belong to, you know, so I belong to this church, like, yeah, a few years ago, like, you know, like over seven years. So this was a great blessing for me to be here because I could be going out, uh, yeah, to other church, which is uh, uh, speak, you know, my language. Uh, for some of you who does not know me, so I'm Haitian. So there is other church, you know, uh, some Haitian church. So that in Novato, and I can go, and you know they speak the same language. It's probably more easy to understand, you know, so, so, so you know to understood. So, but I said, you know what? I love the church. I love this. I love this man. When I see him, I see him just like my father. And um, I told him that I say, you know, uh, Pastor Small, I love you just like I love my father, because I see his character. You know, his character is is. You know, it's not like anybody. It's not like anybody. You know, usually we say we all have, uh, we, we all are people. Yes, we all. But there is somebody is unique. There is somebody God chose. You know, there is somebody is unique. So I told him, you know, I, I love him. And, uh, and, and he said, you know what, brother, the Haiti, um, I am ready to go up. That's what he told me. But I said, well, you know, usually... Uh, sometimes we say back home, doctor condemn, but God does not condemn. So if God will, you will stay, but we don't know. So anyway, and uh, he tried to sleep a little bit, and uh, after that, and then he, jo- uh, then he woke, and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to leave. So he said, well, when I am here, I still can do some ministry. So he hold my hand and he prayed for me. How can I forget that? I cannot forget that. So that's why I, that's why I say your father is, is, a, is a man just like my father. Because I know I have a good father. I have a good father. And you not only lost your father and I lost somebody too. And I wish you good luck and strength. And Amen. Good morning, church. Uh, that gentleman, I, 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 Wednesday, uh, Thursday rather, I, I was driving back from downtown Mill Valley, and I didn't really need anything at Whole Foods, but something made me turn the car in any way. I thought, well, maybe I'll pick up something. And I saw him, and I asked him, how was Pastor Small doing, because I've been out of town. And he pulled me inside and told me the news, and it just broke my heart. And we... uh talked a while and we're we're just saying to each other how there was nobody like Pastor Small. I got saved in 1979 and I God blessed the day someone pointed me in the direction of this church. I believe it was in 
early in 1980, so I've been here 32 years, and he's been like a father to me. And I think if we call him Pastor Small. Sometimes we call him Rev, but Pastor, the word Pastor comes from the, derives from the, the word for shepherd. And he really was like a shepherd to all of us. And not just here, but like other people were saying, he went out there and found the lost sheep and brought them home. He never, never ceased to always be trying to bring, bring people, lost people, back back to the church and back to God. And I've brought many people here, as you know, over the years. And people out in the secular world, most of you, even if you fell away from the church at some point, you grew up in the church. But out where I operate, there's a lot of people that never even knew church life or knew the Lord. And I'd bring them in. And every he... You know, there's a lot of preachers on TV that they end up with a scandal or that they were just doing it to make lots of money and stuff. So there are a lot of preachers out there that are big, famous preachers that end up giving God a bad name. That's the last thing we need. But pastors, small people, we come to this church, and quite a few people that I brought here got saved. His message was always good, but it was this... Holy Spirit that emanated out of him. He just was full of the joy of the Lord. He just, oh my God. He just made people feel happy. It just, even if he never said a word, his word was always good. But he just shone it out there and loved everybody. Just loved us all like, like a father, like, like he was saying. And uh, I just feel so privileged to, to have known him and felt his love and concern for all of us and to just, uh, you know, know that this is part of my, this is my church family. And uh, I just want to thank Pastor Small for all he's done for all of us over the years. And I just want to say one more thing. I was thinking, you know, he, it just left a big hole in my soul. And I just was thinking about when Jesus died... When Jesus was crucified, how it left a big hole in the soul of all his disciples and all his followers. But he said, he said, I have to go so that the comforter will come. And then when Pentecost Sunday came and the Holy Spirit came and filled them up, they felt empty. It was like their leader, their pastor was gone and they didn't know what to do. And I think we're feeling like this a little bit, maybe some of us. But when... When the Comforter came, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out and continued to preach his word, the word he had spent all that time with them in a personal relationship, teaching them about God and the Holy Spirit. And so I think that's what we need to do now, fill that hole in our soul with all the blessings that Pastor Small told us about and shared with us so we can go on and continue his work in this community and beyond. Thank you, Pastor Small. Thank you all. God bless you. I remember walking through these doors when I first got here, and what people don't know is my story, but Reverend Small did. I was broken. I was beaten. I was I was just being at the end. Of, I had to leave where I was because my life was in jeopardy. I had been beaten almost to death when I got here. And I went to, my daughter came to this church with Lily because I had no, no concept. Faithfulness was nowhere near me. Turning to God for help was nowhere in the picture for me because I had been, been done so wrong in the church. And I came up in this church because I wanted to find out where my daughter was going on Sunday, getting up so excited to come to 
I mean, you're only 12 years old, and you're getting up going to church. Well, what church are you going to? So I followed her. <laughs> I was washing clothes, and Lily said, girl, you can come too. So I came. I left the clothes, and I came. And I met Reverend Small here, and it changed my life. It really changed my life because, first of all, I'd been in the church all my life, and I'd been so, done so wrong by my last pastor. You know, I made a CD. I never got a penny from, never seen, never nothing, 13 songs, and they just the church just benefited, and I never even got a copy of the CD. But this is somebody that I believed in, and I really, really believed in this, this, this reverend I had. So after that, church was not an option for me because I just didn't believe in the people leading the church anymore. And I came here, and it's like I called my mom. I said, Mom, you know what? This man walks for God. This man talks for God. This man lives for God. And I'm so glad that I met him because now I could go back in the church. I can go back in the church, and I can believe in people again. And Reverend Small does not care where you've been, what you're going through, or where you're headed, or what you've got. He was looking for those people that nobody else wanted. Because everybody, everybody in here was a shepherd at one time, a, a lost sheep out there. It's, it's because of him that we're all here today. It's because of him. And Marcus, he don't have to fill those shoes. He just got to use what his father taught him and just keep it moving. Just accept people for who they are, no matter where they are. You've got to love people. And I don't care who walks up in this church, Reverend Small made you feel loved. You belong here. This is your place. And you was welcome and bring anybody you want. <laughs> you can come here with them. And that's what he gave us. And I'm so grateful because I don't think I'd still be in California had it not be for him. I would sit there some days, and I was so torn and so broken and so scared, and I know. And he'd look at me. He'd say, "Just stay." He, I didn't have to say nothing. He'd look at me, and he'd say, "Just stay. It's gonna be all right." And it is all right. And I know where he is, and I gotta keep fighting to get there with him. And I ain't doing what I should have been doing in this church, you know. And he's like you said, he tell you, God got work for you, you know what I'm saying? The young people, all us sitting here, we gotta carry on. We got to carry on because he's gone. We got to take what he gave us, and we got to carry on in this community because it's gonna be different without him, you know. And I'm just grateful that I met him. And Marcus and Ronnie, I'm with y'all 100%. Whatever you need from me. Well, I can definitely say that I was definitely one of those lost sheep out there that Reverend Small saved. Four years, uh, in the year 2004, Rhonda Douglas was down at Helena Curry's house, and me and Karen Jackson was arguing, and Rhonda was saying, y'all need to be saved, y'all need God in y'all lives. And I said, okay, well, on Sunday, I'm going to church, Rhonda, because you're the second person that done told me about coming to church. And my cousin Derek Hunt had asked me to come to church that same day. So on Sunday, I'm standing down at the bus stop at 11 o'clock, 11.15, 11.35, and I thought about it, and I said, I'm waiting on Rhonda Douglas. I'm not going to church for Rhonda. I'm going to church for myself. And I came on up to the church, and Rhonda came here about 10 minutes to 1. And I came on to church. And when, you know, I'm the type of person that don't like to be up in people's faces. You know, all my friends can tell you that. When it's time to go, I'm gone. You know, I'm very prompt. 
you know, I'm going to be there on time. I'm going to leave on time. So all my life, I never really believed in God. I believed in something. I knew that there was a higher power because of the abuse that I went through with my mother as a child, being sold as a kid and homeless at times and no food. I said to myself, if there was a God, where was he at when all this was happening to me? So in the year 2005, Brandon Small baptized me and my son, and I knew that I wasn't ready to be baptized, but Reverend Small knew better than what I knew. He knew had he not baptized me that year, I probably wouldn't be here today. He saved my life, and every right after he baptized me and saved my life, two months later, my mother died, and there I go again. Oh, no, there is no God, you know. Oh, no, Reverend Small, where was God at when my mama died? No, he didn't take my mama from me. Reverend Small looked down at me, and he said, How are you going to be mad because the Lord then took his child? That, was, that ain't your child. That's the Lord's child. So I went every month or every other month, I would struggle with Pastor Marcus and Reverend Small, and I think I asked that same question to them every other month. Are you saved in your faith if you don't know no better? Finally, Reverend Small just got tired of me asking him that. And he said, child, the Lord has revealed himself to you already. Stop tipping and sipping and creeping and come on with the Lord. Amen. Hello, everybody. Um, I enjoyed everything that everybody had to say. I know everybody in here, and I know some of you better than you think I do. (laughs) Um, I met uh, Pastor Small about 25 years ago when I first moved to Marin City. I was looking for a church, and I started up at the top there, and I worked myself all around. I went to three or four different churches, and I say, no, I haven't found one yet. And a neighbor of mine, Ola Mae Lewis, said, come and go to church with me. And so I went to church with her, and I've been here ever since. Uh, the next Sunday, I joined church here, and I've been here. So where, where God leads you to go, it's best to stay there, you know. It's not good to be church hopping. You know, wherever God leads you to go, that's where you're supposed to go. So Reverend Small was, out of all the churches that I went to, Reverend Small was the only preacher that came to my house where I was living. And he asked, the first thing he asked me, is all of these your grandchildren? I was raising five or six grandchildren at that time. I said, yeah. He said, why are they not in Sunday school? You know, I said, well, I have to get something for the girls to wear. Yeah, he said, you better have the kids in Sunday school next Sunday. So next Sunday they was all in Sunday school. And so um, I feel like I'm a part of the family. I know everybody. I took care of Reverend Small's mother for a while. So I am family. (laughs) So I don't think Pastor Marcus, you guys don't have anything to worry about because the members here, we got your back. We're not going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. I'm here if it, you know. So I feel like all of us here.
feel that same way. So God bless you all. church um i met the rev uh, i've known ryan what 14 since we we're 14 yeah so uh i met the rev but you know i came up in catholic churches altar boy and everything and i've been to a lot of churches and once i came here it was just a whole different ball game i never felt that god was in the house the spirit you know how you feel that spirit and i think the thing i've heard people say and that i i found about the rev is he's so down to earth. He just treated, he just, he never talked down to me like, like he was the authority. And I remember, I mean, I'd be down at the front and he could tell just by the car I was in I was up to no good, you know, <laughs> you know. And he'd just say, you know, he'd just talk to me like, he'd just talk to me and wait it out. But anyway, I'm going to give someone else a chance because we're out of time. I just. wanted to say that my heart goes out to you. I've been knowing you since I was like 11. Pastor used to pick me up because I live next door and take me to church. And like those days, I, I hardly can remember, but that he instilled in me to believe and trust in the Lord. And um, I want to say that I think he raised a, a fine group of, of children and I uh, enjoyed the wonderful times we had together playing and growing up together um pastor would always say to me just just lead by example so that encouraged me to trust in the lord and to live godlike and um one thing i will never forget that pastor said i was thinking about you and um he said i see your dog left you and he said mary jean your dog left you and your man left you too <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about you, but he, he, he said, um, he says, I, I love you as much as I could stand you. <laughs> Good morning, church. Phenomenal. Awesome. Outstanding. But he loved us. He loved us. He loved the Lord, and he loved us. And we need to remember that at all times. When we get ugly with each other, we need to remember he loved us. Even in our ugliness, he loved us. So I just want to say he was a phenomenal man. He, was a ex he had excellent character, something he lived by. And on a dark day when I was in court, I looked out and I saw Reverend Small. I saw Reverend Small. It was the scariest day of my life. But I saw Reverend Small. And from that day, I changed. God showed me something in a man. And I will never forget it. Hello, church. I am so glad to be part of this church family. And actually, Pastor, my husband, we go back a long time, and nobody knows that. I used to live here in Marin City. And I went away, and then I came back. So I do remember Pastor Small, 
before he got saved. And I also remember how dedicated he was once he got saved. And when Pastor Durham, who was the founder of the church, moved away, the pastoral ship, Pastor Small, uh, took over. And as a young person, there was this awesome group of young people, Carol, Ruby Nell, Ruby Ann, Doris, Minnie Pearl, Pat, just a lot of us. And I remember writing him a letter one Sunday morning. He said, I want to be saved just like Carol and Ruby Ann. But all through the time of just watching him, his heart was for the people. His heart was for the family. Now I remember house 389 you guys lived in? 387 when we were kids and growing up. Then, oh, no, no, not the, not the one on Drake, the, the Wood House. That, that, where my parents and their parents, and I was the babysitter. Now, in this day and time, they would call that child abuse because there's no way that you would leave a seven or eight-year-old kid with three young kids. But the parents, they trusted me. So believe it or not, Ronnie, I was your babysitter. <laughs> Marcus, you wouldn't thought of that. <laughs> but it's just, and then when a roundabout way, I came back home. But I do remember the times that when I was away, things would happen in my life. I could always pick up the phone and say, Pastor Small, how do you do this? How do you do that? When my mom died and I didn't have a clue what to do, I remember calling 415-332-2498. That number has been around for, what, 50 years or more? But I can, you could, no matter where you were or who you were, you could always call. And I always told them that he was a rare jewel. And I, found, I figured that I found the best thing this side of heaven. Because one night he told me what he thought a husband was. I turned off the TV. I turned off the lights. He told me a husband was a provider. He was a lover. He was to protect you. And he went on and on. And when I felt that covering, and a husband's supposed to have your covering, when I felt that covering, I, that was the best night's sleep I think I had all my life. Because I just felt like he knew what a husband was supposed to do. When I asked God for a husband, I didn't ask him to be handsome. I didn't ask him to be muscular. There is a Hosea and Gomer. You know the story of Hosea and Gomer? I told God I wanted a husband just like Hosea that would love me unconditionally no matter what I was, no matter what I did in the past. And you know, God gave me that. I told him I wanted a husband that would love me unconditional, just like Hosea, and just like God loves us. And I got that. So I said for the last six years of my life, living with Pastor Small has been the best years ever. Ever, ever, ever. Because he took good care of me. And one thing I can say, he loved this church dearly with his whole heart. With his whole heart, he loved everybody. And he wanted everybody to do good. He wanted everybody to succeed. He loved this church. And what can I can say? He loved his son Ronnie. He loved his son Marcus. He loved his princess Frida. And he loved Ronnie. He loved all the grands and all the great-grandchildren. Because what he left was a legacy, a true legacy. And that's why I can say I love that husband. He could always say, I, people always ask me, how you doing? He says, well, I'm doing with the best I can with all that's left. I said, you make me feel like I have leftovers. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> I said, no, 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 
But that, that was my husband. And last Sunday, we had this, I was helping with, um, I was at the hospital with him. And so me and this man, was, we were talking about church. I said, yes, he's a pastor at this church, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I heard his voice. He said, when you get finished passing the offering plate, could you please come over here and scratch my back? And I was like, how come he just couldn't say his back itch and come scratch it? But he wanted to bring the offering plate in, you know. But that was just his sense of humor. You just never knew how his brain was thinking and what's going to come out. But I was just going to say to the church, Pastor has left a legacy. You men, what Pastor has taught you, hide it in your heart and keep on going. Be the lifter of Pastor Marcus's and Pastor Ronnie. Because he thought a lot of you men. He thought a lot of you men. Because I had to tell him, dear, you need to go back and get the men's group started again. They need you. We need some strong men here in Marin City. So even though sometimes my heart is heavy because he, is, he was the lover of my life, he was the best thing that ever happened to me, but he wants this church to keep on keeping on. He has put a lot of time and energy in this church. And you just don't know the love that he has for each and every one of you guys. So even though our leader is gone, but God is the main leader. And he wants us to follow. And that's all we have to do is come and be fed and follow. And like, like they said in, in Matthews, go even out into the, to the world. Bring more people in here. Bring more people in here. Because we got work to do. Marin City needs help. Sausalito needs help. And that's what Pastor Paul was, uh, excuse me, Pastor Small was all about. When he walked these streets of Marin City, when he was a mailman, he would take me places to Marin City. Sometimes I'd be scared. He said, this is my city. He took pride in Marin City. So churches take pride in our church and in this city. And just not let his living be in vain. Thank you. There was another side about my dad that y'all don't know. Y'all, most of the time you guys got to see the nice side of him. Uh, but when you provoke him, oh, man, he was a whole different person. But um, anyway, getting back, let's start this from the beginning. Um, when we were children, uh, Sister McMichael, who was a part of, part of the church, started in her, in her home. Uh, when we were young, we still, my mom and dad had things to do, a place to go. We as kids, was always, she always kept us. And so I can remember as a child um, being down at the, uh, Sister McMichael's house, and my dad come to get us one day. And when he came and got us and we got home, there was Marcus. I don't know where Marcus came from. <laughs> I remember there was a baby. All of a sudden there was this new guy, Marcus, came along. And so Mark, Marcus was kind of, you know, we, we grew up as a very tight-knit family. And, and, but there was always something a little different about Mark, you know. But, um, um, <laughs> but anyway, Marcus ended up turning out to be my dad's right-hand man. We were different. I was a little more hard-headed and going my own way, you know, and, so when, my dad was a little bit rougher on me, you know, but, uh, you know, he just, you know, he could definitely give you that crazy look, you know, and then you stop whatever you were doing. You know, he, my dad was good with that. But um, anyway, what I want to say is that Pastor, Pastor Marcus now is, is going to be leading the helm. He's always been the one leading the helm in the background. Y'all just didn't know it. But he was always the one running thing. But we, right now we have to gird up and we, we need to lift him up, be behind him. Uh, 100%. Um, we're going to have to follow his program. We want to follow. He's going to be following the Lord. 
there's no one more faithful than this, this, than, than this man of God. Uh, my dad was a faithful man um, who just went all through the country supporting other people in other churches. This is what he did. Many hundreds and thousands of people have come through this church before. And the uh, Lord put them in every different parts of the world. It's amazing because most of those people have, they called, and, and it's amazing the people's lives that he touched um, coming up. And so I just want to encourage everybody to, um, let's just, um, it's, it's hard enough when you come into a new position many times, but let, let, let's make things easy for Pastor Marcus as he comes through. And let's really support this ministry 100%. Um, if you leave and go to another place or to another church and you become out of the will of God, well, it won't be long before you find out if you're out of the will of God or not. You know what I'm saying? So um, let's get together here and, and let's stick together close as a family. Let's stay tight-knit. This family is strategically, uh, this, this church is strategically placed upon this hill up here. When it's, when it's dark out there and the lights are up here, you can see this light that stands up, this beacon that stands upon the, this hill up here. This church is a beacon when people come here, they feel the love. That's one thing they've always never been a real big, big, big congregation. But uh, when people came in here, they feel the love that this congregation have. Let us definitely continue this love that we have here and continue to stick together because we're getting ready to go into another area. I believe the Lord's going to get ready to take another area of growth here. Uh, there's no limit to the Holy Spirit. Once we leave this one level here, there's other levels for us to get going to. So let, let, us, let us go together and stick together as a family. Let us grow as a family. I want to thank you. Let's pray and we're going to dismiss. We love you today, Lord, and we thank you for all the things that have been said. We thank you, Lord, for great character in my dad, our pastor. And we thank you right now that you have taken him on and he's enjoying being in the presence of God. My goodness, what is it like being right before the Lord? We thank you today. We pray that we'll carry on the work, that the work that you've called us to do, we'll do it faithfully. May lives be saved. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.